Welcome to Out of the Box Radio with me, your host, Christine Blasdale. Out of the Box Radio is a weekly podcast of audible ear candy dedicated to bringing a fresh perspective on this thing that we call life. And each and every week, we're going to be diving into the topics that matter most with lively conversations on issues such as health, wellness, and transformational healing, all with the goal of creating a better world and becoming a happier human being. I will be your tour guide for this epic adventure, and each and every week we're going to be embarking on a journey with the ultimate goal being transformation to our highest potential. And now, let's get out of the box. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Out of the Box with Christine. I am your host, Christine Blasdale, and I am so happy that you tuned in today. We're going to be talking about a subject matter that is brand new to me. And one of the funnest things on these programs, for me at least, and and a lot of my listeners as well, and viewers, is to learn something brand new and how we can apply it to our lives. Now, everybody has heard of astrology, right? I would hope if you're a Gemini or an Aquarius, I happen to be a Scorpio myself. But my guest today is going to talk about a subject matter that is brand new. I've never, never heard about it. I've heard of, about Vedic, but I didn't, don't really know much about it. Uh, Kathleen Whalen is a Vedic astrologer, and she's the creator of a program called Conscious Calendars. And we're going to be getting into all of that. We also might even go into my own Vedic astrology chart, see what's going on. But I uh, want to welcome you to the show, Kathleen Whalen. Welcome so much to Out of the Box with Christine. Thank you, Christine. It is really wonderful to be here. You are incredible. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's just because you pulled up my chart. <laughs> <laughs> so so Vedic, Vedic astrology. Well, let's first, let's take little baby steps. Vedic. Is that like Veda? Vedic? Like I've heard about you can eat Vedically a certain way as well. What, is, what, the, hell well, are, what the hell have you been studying all these years? Yeah, yeah. So the word Vedic astrology is actually a modern term. It does come from the word Vedas, as in those really ancient texts from India that were only written down 2000 years ago, but the information's even older. And so Vedic astrology is the astrology system that's connected with yoga, Ayurveda, right? Uh, Okay. So they are sister sciences. And back in the day, you know, thousand years ago, some people still today, uh, like I weave Ayurveda a little bit in, but I'll refer to an Ayurvedic practitioner because I do Vedic astrology. But lineages of families actually did all of it. Oh, so they did Ayurvedic, Vedic yoga, and now they also, were they using Vedic astrology to, to, into their lives as far as like, like planting and what to do? Only recently has it come to the, you know, the regular folk, um, you know, cause this was actually really for councils for kings and mayors and oh, special right, folk. Right. And I mean, it was used a bit. Again, you know, uh, those who uh, had education had access to it, right? So there was a little bit of an access thing. Right. Um, But in general, it was used to counsel to make decisions for large groups of people. Like, hey, there's a drought coming down the pike. You know, let's 
save some food and because there's actually different wings within Vedic astrology as well, right? So there is looking at, you know, is there going to be something serious that hits this country that we're living in, you know, at the time, a drought or some other thing so we can prepare. Um, there's also a wing of it called Vashtu. Vashtu. It's Indian feng shui. Oh, but really? It's used to, to, to map temples and only in modern times is it used to like map homes and offices and cities and for harmonious living. So they're all related. I didn't, I've never heard of this. <laughs> it's cool stuff. Yeah. So um, I always like to find out with my guests how they got started and how they got to where they are, you know, right now. So why don't you give our, our uh, wonderful listeners and viewers an idea of how you got into, into Vedic astrology um, and how, how long ago you started? Yeah, I'll keep the first part of the short story a little shorter, but I come from a family of actually renowned doctors. I was slated to be the family doctor next, got a degree in biochemistry, but knew that I actually wanted to do something slightly different, but was willing to jump through the hoops. So I went to medical school, quit after a year, Oh, yeah. around doing neuroscience at Baylor College of Medicine, and then chose sight unseen, you know, just like uh, the pivotal times in my life, I just jumped. I just followed the energy, something in me knew. And I came to Bastyr in Seattle and was in the first class for acupuncture in Chinese medicine. And I actually was an acupuncturist, had a full practice for 13 years, 16 Wow. Years. Yeah, and then um, at year 13, I have a colleague, you know, I did trades with acupuncture. She had done something and I'm like, hey, who's that guy you saw to do that thing? Like, I didn't even know it was Vedic astrology. And I just went and had a session with the person who became my teacher. <laughs> after, after 12 years of being an acupuncturist. Yeah, 13. And so I jumped in, I had a session and, you know, the session was, it was at knowing what I know now was at an extremely pivotal time in my life. And so it was this return of some energy. There was something similar to my birth. I had been dating my current husband and I had questions like, ooh, so if he proposed to you, would you say yes? You know, and then I love this joke is that he was like, well, at the very latest, he'll propose. Like, cause I, I actually vetted, like, I'm like, you know, dude, can I just propose? Like, can we just do, you know, it's a little traditional. And so, uh, uh, and so, my teacher said, the very latest he'll propose, you know, on the last day of the year. Yeah, he's a bit slow. Last day of the year. <laughs> really? <laughs> exactly. And somewhere within six to nine months, I just said, oh, I got a book out of Barnes and Noble that had a little disc CD. And I started pulling up all the charts of my clients. So I was doing, I was working six days a week, seeing 20, 25 clients in acupuncture full-on practice, doing qigong just to hold up my energy for it, love it. I, I'm a good acupuncturist, actually. Um, and I love it, but I just kept pulling up charts, and I did a ton of charts, going through books, so frustrated. So I dove deeper and just jumped in with my teacher and just started taking courses. And then at some point, I began overlapping and looking at charts of every single client who came in. And then the strength of Vedic astrology is – what I got so excited about is I'm like, you can like see someone's profession. You can see their like right path. 
you can like help them with purpose. You can see when times are going to be tough. You can see like, oh, golden zones and all of this really? stuff. I just got, yeah, I got really excited. And I also saw that if I continued on my path, I would probably make myself sick. So I began transitioning. It was a very tough transition to let go of that other practice. It's a like, thriving practice. And yeah, and you're jumping into the abyss, right? Into the unknown. Well, and I come from science. It and you come from seven, science and you come from a bunch of doctors. Yeah, no, seven years to actually lead with and say, I'm a Vedic astrologer. It was always, I'm an acupuncturist who does. I have yeah. a background in biochemistry who does. And then you just took the leap fully. Yeah. And how long ago was that when you actually like jumped fully in? Fully in, I'd say 2006, but I began wow. with my teacher in 2002. So you have been doing this a very long time. It's called a practice. It's yeah. a lifetime thing. Yes. Yes. So, so tell us the, the basics of how, it, how it works. Most, most people that are um, uh, watching this or listening to this are familiar with, you know, like I was mentioning the basic astrology. I don't, I don't even know what you call it. If it's Western astrology yeah, or Western. is it Western? Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're, um, they're used to saying, well, this, my sun sign is uh, X, X, Y, Z. And some know a little bit more and they get into it and they know their sun, moon rising. They get a chart done of when they came into this uh, field, right? When they were born, where they were born, the time they were born. And the planets were all in a certain um, alignment or, or construction, right? When you, when you decided to say, hey, I'm here. So what is with Vedic astrology? Um, they, you still use the, the birth date of the person? Yes. So it's birth date and time okay. and location. Okay. And then you get, a, in essence, a star map. But there are, th there are many differences, but there are three main differences between Western and Vedic astrology. The first is that actually the moon is the most important, which oh. is related to our consciousness. So it's related to our soul and our consciousness. The moon is. The moon. Interesting. Yeah. So yes, we look at the sun. The sun has to do with vitality, but the sun has to do with the month in which you are born. That's a lot of people. Yes. But the moon with the ascendant at the moment of birth can only be in a certain slice of sky for one day at a time. And then the ascendant is every two hours. So it, dials in a different quality and most importantly the moon is a more ancient map of the sky sun signs and solar months came in caesar's time right, right. and it came in and that's actually a much more masculine energy the map of the sky related to the moon actually has 27 regions of sky called lunar mansions or nakshatras and that is actually a more ancient map of the sky because we as humans looked and went, oh, look, the moon's in a different place each day. And that was the map. And it's actually a little more, you could say, matriarchal, much more feminine. Right. Much more ancient. Well, it's, is it also true? Because, you know, when, the, when there's a full moon, people's emotions can, you know, they always talk about there's more stuff, activity at hospitals and the police right. departments and everything when it's a full, full moon. Right. I don't know what My exactly happens. are higher. What was that? High tides are higher. High tides, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. There's so much that is related to the moon, but we kind of, 
uh, poo-poo the moon. We don't talk about the moon very much. Mm. Yeah, and what's so beautiful about uh, the moon when you start to connect with the other sister sciences too, that in Ayurveda, it's actually said that the sun, right? We exist on this planet because we have the sun, right? Yes. Things live. Yes. And the moon though, at night, is what actually gives the healing properties to plants and herbs. Really? You gotta have both, right? When does photosynthesis I, happen? Night. I did not know this. You see all this knowledge you're dropping? I like it to drop. I like it. <laughs> well, and you too, and you did mention, because you mentioned like at night, you know, we can see where the moon is and if it's at a different space. It's kind of hard unless you like burn out your eyes to, to look up at the sun, <laughs> right? And to go, you just know, you kind of know, oh, you know, it's, it's noon. You look at your watch, it's noon and the sun is going to be, you know, up there. But there's, I, it's amazing. There's, I didn't know there was so much that was related to the moon and, and how it affects us how it reflects the quality of consciousness of the individual. It's just one aspect, but it's a little, it's, it's much more front uh, and center in Vedic astrology. And we do look at ascendant and son, of course. Yeah, we actually karmically look from the ascendant first. Um, oh. Yeah, and that's kind of a different thing. <laughs> so for your clients as a vedic astrologer you um you get their information you get their uh date of birth the time and the location right and then you and then what do you and then what do you do do you um do you have a program or something that or 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 do you intuitively know what you need to say to them or is it something that's like real specific so this is what's so cool is that that map and each Vedic astrologer has their own approach. I personally only use a program to drop the map and look at a couple of mm, other pieces of information, but I don't use a program to tell me anything. Yeah. Um, because if the basics, if, if you have a good foundation in basics, that is much more important from which to work. And so from that chart, the, the one thing that I like to mention about it is that, and you actually very astutely described it, which is the map of the planets in relation to the fixed stars behind, and I'll go into that in a moment if, as one of the other differences, is that that map is a map of each individual's consciousness and karmas and it is not imprinted on like uh, there, there is a quality of uh, you could say a form of destiny again we can talk about it in a moment but that map is actually a map of the qualities of consciousness that have been cultivated previously because we're talking many lifetimes here Oh, we've lived before? Yeah. So, so in this system, reincarnation is part of the yes. foundation of it and that we have cultivated certain skill sets and qualities and patterns, right? And so that's also why like, oh, why do I keep doing that thing? Or why am I good at that thing? Well, you know, you came in with some patterns. And right, right. Like our trigger, like why is it that I'm always triggered or why do I attract the same kind of person into my life or why do I sabotage my job or whatever the person is, is doing? Yeah. And on a lighter scheme too, it's like, well, that's why I like to save money when I buy my coffee this way. Right. 
<laughs> That's why I have a very weird, peculiar way of sleeping. Exactly, right? <laughs> How exciting is this? Yeah. So what? So you had said that there were some other differences too with Western astrology and Vedic astrology. Can you explain any any other ones? Yeah. So the the second one's a little bit technical. It's just got to do with the sky map. This. Do you remember? Some people may remember what I call the hullabaloo about seven years ago when I, I know what you're going to say. Yes. When is it, is it, they tried, they said that uh, Pluto didn't exist or is it Pluto or Jupiter? No, it was one planet. Like they said it didn't exist or what, they're going to rename it or something. <laughs> yeah. It was downgraded from, it was downgraded. Right, was right. it Pluto? Yeah, that yeah, it is. Yes. <laughs> That's one of my planets. They were messing with one of my planets. <laughs> It still has influence. <laughs> so yeah, so why did they do that? Was that a conspiracy? <laughs> no, 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 no. It had to do with the far reaches of, of information that we acquired. Like, again, you and I were talking about your, your incredible radio show, but PBS now has a bunch of series out talking about the new signs that came out. It's like, oh, Pluto, think, was one of like, thousands thousands like it's all of a sudden we got a view that was beyond the edges right in in the far reaches of our solar system it's like oh pluto's just this it's big it's 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 a bigger version of what's out there but there's just so much out there so we have a lot more planets than the ones that they've just marketed to us <laughs> yeah and, well and it, it it brought up simply what is the definition of a planet what is the size uh, and how is that defined? And so that was, that's simply why it was downgraded. It didn't meet the true definition of uh, a planet. planet in our solar system. It will always be a planet to me. Exactly. <laughs> in well, my heart. It's perfect, right? Because it's about being out there, dun, da, da, out of the box. There you go. That's <laughs> so perfect for me. Now, uh, speaking of, of perfect for me, before we, we got started, I, because I was so, I'm so intrigued with this, I gave you my information, and this is the first time, I have not heard anything, so this will be the first time, if you can give, give us, uh, give me, and listeners are going to hear it anyway, um, give me a little bit of an idea of what, the, what you see on my Vedic astrology chart. Cool. And I think by looking at it, I can bring in that third element about karmic timing, which awesome. is, yeah, yeah. The, that second point was actually not about Pluto. It was just that the sky maps are different. Okay. Yeah. The hullabaloo was your sun sign's not your sun sign. Right. That thing. So in the Vedic system, the, because the axis of the earth is, has a wobble, it actually circumscribes a circle that I'm drawing right now in the video, uh, it circumscribes a, a circle every 26,000 years. So in the wobble, what happens is spring, spring equinox shifts constellations every 1,500 years. So back in the heyday of Western astrology and when Vedic astrologers were talking it, to them in Greece and Egypt and all that 2,000 years ago, the sky maps were the same. Correct. But with the wobble, the sky map has shifted. So the map I use and the map that a sidereal Western astrologer uses are the same and an astronomer. So you're standing on the earth, you look to the sky and you say Jupiter is there and that's the actual constellation you see. 
in Western astrology, as much as I love all the other elements of what it brings and how it helps people, um, it's not actually where Jupiter is when you stand on the planet looking to the sky. Right. Yeah. So the sky map is different. As a result, I'm going to tell you, your sun is appearing to be in a different constellation. Really? Yeah. <laughs> where am I? <laughs> Shall I share? Do you? Of course. I, of course. Right on. Here we go. Boom. Oh, should be up. There. Here you are, Christine. So, That's me. Yeah. And so the basics are, I do, you know, it, it is still a basic to start with Ascendant, which is simply the constellation that is rising on the ecliptic at the time of your birth. So your Ascendant is Libra connected to Venus and your sun and moon, at, you were born on the first lunar day of the lunar cycle one day after the new moon and sun and moon are both in Libra. So this right here and see that Neptune? Yes. Boom. Still on the ascendant. What does that mean? Oh, I'm so sorry. So I just <laughs> wanted to let you know. So your sun sign changed is Libra. So I'm not a Scorpio in the Vedic system. No, in the Vedic system. I'm, I'm a Libra, which is balance, right? Balance and building community. Look what you do. Oh, yeah. Build community, <laughs> right? And it is about diplomacy, but it's about diplomacy that is about creating something um, about sort of the, the sweet connection between people, right? It's this quiet connection. Because when I look at your chart, I'm like, yeah, you're doing all this outward work, but, you know, you've got a lot of qualities of being an introvert. And we'll talk about why you're able to. Oh, be hell yes. Yeah. I love people, but I don't like to be around them. Right. right. You got a lot of fire. You can meet people externally. Yes. But your inner qualities are much more introverted. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think that, and if it's okay, we'll, we'll go to this place. I think you're okay with this. Yes. I do think that you have done a tremendous amount of work in reframing some early life stories Yes. around your beauty, your presence, your ability to feel connected in life yes. and to feel connected in love with a partner and with friends and family. Yes. Because you came into life maybe feeling a little disconnected or had some family stories, you know, around it or believing that you were a wallflower, but you're not, as we know. <laughs> no, my wife that I have uh, recently, well, recently came into my life just in the last few years, uh, has def the beautiful thing about that is that's the first person who I actually um, know saw me, mm. like saw me, really saw who, who I was. And for a very long time in the very early parts, and I, I don't know if, if other people feel this, maybe I'm sure some others do, but not everybody but I felt like I was from another planet when I first, when I was young, like I was, I missed home and even home was not where I was living. Yeah. You didn't know where it was. That's yeah. that connection piece. Yes. Yes. Right. And wow. so a Venus ascendant that has this kind of, um, a, earlier in life, a, a, a wandering sense. And as you come into your maturity and especially with partner, it's literally partner that helped you recognize 
and feel both at home, but also recognize yourself and allowed yourself to be even more you. Boom. Right. And that, that was in our, that was in our, uh, in our vows that it was that like, I, I feel more myself knowing her, loving her with her than I have at any other point in my life. And I've been with my, I mean, I, hello, I've been with myself for, you know, at that point, 52 years. How old am I? 52, 53. Yeah. Um, and it was like, I finally found someone that I was truly myself with. Yeah. yeah. And that's because of this Jupiter in the house of partnership shining back to you that when you finally meet the one it this level of strength and witness and vision and support sort of surrounds you and then you can gather that energy that has always been there so that's why i said that is because of that jupiter here and that jupiter and here's this external stuff jupiter is in aries and that is that quintessential fire sign and it's in not only the house of partnership but of business and one-on-one -on -one talking consulting right you do all this incredible consulting work you are meant to be an entrepreneur consulting people helping support them by reflecting back to them and helping them find their voice and where their community is and where their connection is that's what you do so well and seeing that, what they're seeing what they're what they're um what their gifts are, but also being able to communicate that to the outside world. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And the planet of speech, Mercury, is in your second house of speech. <laughs> and one of the ways in which you can, you know, bring in income, which is speaking and also podcasting and all these other things. And yeah, radio hosts and <laughs> yeah. exactly. But what here's what I love. So Mercury in your uh, chart is connected with what I call highest purpose. It actually rules here the ninth house and it's in the second house, which means that when you speak, you are actually in your highest purpose. And get this, Rahu is a bit of a stir the pot energy. Rahu is what we call, uh, um, it's sort of like non-mainstream. And so- Out of the box? Out of the box, exactly. <laughs> And so Rahu in the ninth connected with the Mercury is literally like you will speak in a way that both advocates for, helps uplift, and will stir the pot in the world. And it is your highest purpose to do so. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That's what I love about just kind of seeing it right there. You know, now, of course, I knew the name of your show, but... <laughs> Yeah, but no, but you, you don't, you don't know the other work that I have, you know, that I have been doing for many years and, um, being on, you know, being on the radio and, and I'll, I'll cover, well, even here on the podcast a little bit, I'll cover some topics that make people feel a little like, Oh, uh, that's not what I was told in my history books. Um, I challenge things a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> challenge the mainstream, um, yeah. concepts but it's in the highest purpose, like the place you come from in your heart always comes back from, from this original place, which is, it's about connecting us as humans. Yes. We are all the same. That's that place you come from. It's not to stir the pot. It's that the place you come from is that we're all in this together and we are all the same. And we're, we're really here to uplift each other. And the intention is always from the heart as well. Very much so. I, 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 uh, I, I've dealt uh, dealt with. I've encountered some some folks 
in my business, um, in radio, uh, a little bit in podcasting, but a lot in radio of these of personalities where there's a, a great deal of ego involved. And I can always feel it. And I can hear it if I'm listening to, to somebody that, that, that ego is up there first and foremost. And, um, and I so want them to like, I so wish that I could like just go through the, you know, the radio and, or the, or listening to the podcast and just go, Oh, please. You just, if you just drop that ego, you, you do so well, (laughs) you can help so many people. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. And this is really at that seed of where you come from. And I, uh, I know personally when I just met you and I just looked in your eyes, I was like, boom, I, I had that sense from you, but looking at your chart here, I understand it. Yeah. And what's so fun is that's that delicate, sweet energy. And yet we got all this beautiful fire, right? So in, in the Vedic chart, your Mercury, you only have one planet in Scorpio here in the second house. Jupiter is in this, this constellation of fire of like, let's stir things up. I'm going to support you. Let's like do this. You're like fantastic in consults. And you also have another special yoga. Yoga simply means union. And mm-hmm. that yoga connects uh, some power, some, some, some energies and skill sets that help support each other. And that is related to events and helping people um, either put on events, and I think this might be related to somewhat your, your fundraising, but Mars is a fiery planet in the fiery constellation of Leo in the 11th house of determination and focus. Mm-hmm. Now, it's so fiery that it's that shorter term thing. So it's much better to bring you in at the end of a process and go, great, let's just do this. And you show up and make the event happen. Boy, you nailed it. You don't, you don't know anything. Don't, don't bother Christine with the lead-in stuff. Just bring You don't know anything about me, and you just nailed it because... Uh, you don't have the bandwidth for that early stuff. You're like, you're just well, the, Yeah. I mean, I can, I think of, I can think of concepts and I can think of like, uh, and naming conventions and all of that, but it's like, just have everything set up and let me go on. Let me just go on stage and I'll, and I'll, I'll make it magical. Don't, I'm not, and I'm not worried about it. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> right, it's right. much better for you. Yeah. I mean, you definitely do understand systems. Let me tell you. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, because that's Saturn over here. So Saturn's a long-term Mars is the short term. So Saturn's a long-term and it's in the, the fifth house, which is what I call, it's kind of in a traditional sense as children, but as entrepreneurs, it's like, what do we bring in the world into the world? Yeah. Yes. Right. And so Saturn is all about systems and it, Saturn's actually in its own domain. So it says, what are the systems that support an ongoing regular experience of helping people drop in or tap into and then that's there and then great you can do these other events and just show up and go boom right right wow hey out of the boxers we'll return to this program in just a few seconds i promise but i wanted to tell you about something that i am so excited about it's my very own personal development program and it's called accelerate your dreams if you want to start your own business write a book create healthy and happy relationships or simply lose weight our goal is to get you there you can find out more by visiting accelerateyourdreams.com that's accelerateyourdreams.com check it out and now back to the program what else does it say? What else? <laughs> so now we're getting to the next part, which is that's just your birth chart. Okay. Yes. What 
what separates Vedic astrology from all the other systems. Cause I've studied, I dabbled in a little bit of Western, but every time I pushed on it, it was, I mean, honestly, as a scientist, it was a little bit squishy. So, um, uh, and so in the Vedic astrology, even though each Vedic astrologer may not exactly agree, uh, there's supposedly a curse that has us not agreeing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that we can definitively say there's this other thing which is called karmic timing. So there's the birth chart, and at this time on the planet, every human being, when they're born, has a 120 year planetary cycle. And the 120 years, bones last 120 years, right? Right. So the planetary cycle lights up the karmas and consciousness and focus or desires at different times in our life. So for instance, you are currently almost at the end of a seven year K2 cycle and K2 is about spiritual inquiry. So you've actually been doing this. I don't know how long you've had the podcast, but I think you actually were pulled into a different type of spiritual inquiry on your path that also connects directly with your highest purpose um approximately uh give or take uh mid 2014 and we are almost at the end of this seven year cycle and what it does is it lights up that part of your chart and your consciousness and then by transit we take a look at where the eclipses are and lo and behold, right, you mentioned a little bit about your age, but you're actually at a nodal, you're actually at a rite of passage right now. The eclipse patterns are someplace for every person when they're born, and they're there for about 18 months. It simply means, oh, all the eclipses for 18 months, every six months, will occur in two constellations, roughly. So when you were born, the eclipses every six months were simply occurring in Sagittarius and Gemini. And guess what? Every 18 and a half years, those energies return to the same place, and we have a little rite of passage and a return. So at 18 and a half, age 36, somewhere gotcha. in kind of 52 to 54, right? That's where, I'm at. That's where I'm at, yeah. Boom. And so it's a rite of passage. So for you, you are running a cycle that is pulling you into spiritual inquiry in almost like the world of how creativity is developed and how communication is developed in a new way mm. that both nourishes you but also helps others seeking on their path and it's directly lighting up your highest purpose wow yes and I, yes what a gift to have that in the prime of your life right not everyone gets that in the prime of their life it, it lights up when you're five or 95 and you're gonna pass just before that you don't that would suck well, it sucks, but, you know, some other cool thing could have lit up, right? You know. <laughs> I'm just being silly. <laughs> right. But, but that's what I mean. This is the power of the timing. So that at the moment of someone's birth, we can look ahead and go, oh, in the prime of your life, you're going to actually be at this place in spiritual inquiry, helping others with their spiritual inquiry and helping them tap into their unique form of creativity and tapping into passion and purpose and fire because again we got k2 and fire fire <laughs> right yeah and then you're about to go into a 20-year venus cycle which is going to bring in kind of a different flavor and i actually think 
the community work will take on a slightly different flavor, but it's not like a light switch. It doesn't like go boom. It sort of morphs. Yeah, it begins a little bit before the Venus cycle and a couple of years into it, but it is your cycle because you're actually a Venus ascendant. You're Venusian. I'm a what? Venusian. Venusian. <laughs> isn't Venus like, is it that about love? Isn't that supposed to be related to love? Well, you know, in the simpler sense it is, but, but really um, that's kind of a little more of a, of a, you could say shallow. Right? Because we, we just associated Venus with the goddess Venus, right? Yeah. yeah. But, what, but what is Venus in Vedic astrology? What's the, so, what's the importance of that? When we talk about vibrations, so Venus on kind of that, mm, you know, more romantic level, sure, it's about love, you know, and romance. But at the higher level, Venus is about connection, feeling connected with all of life from our highest self. But it's about connecting heart to heart human to human and feeling connected with the universe, with others. Wow. Yeah. Highest vibration, right? See how romantic love kind of pales in that? Like, yes, yes, we want you to have that and we're happy you have it. And there's this other, you it's know, connecting, it's connecting, it can be through the heart space, but it's connecting throughout with, with all of humanity as well. Yes. Right? And beyond right. having a sense of connection and a place in the universe really. Right, and that we are all connected, so it can get very metaphysical. This, this is cool. This, <laughs> I see why you've been studying this. Now, you had you had mentioned a little bit. You had mentioned uh, well, we, what we had said something about uh, past lives, right? Um, and it's my my belief that yes, that I I really feel that I've been. I've been here many times. I've, I feel like I've been a man, I've been a woman, I've been a man, been a woman, been a little kid, little, you know, uh, all of that. But you had also dropped the word karma. And I wanted to know if you could um, talk about uh, karma and, and recurring lives or lifetimes uh, to our listeners a little bit. Because for some people, this is all, this is brand new to them, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm about to say, I'm going to try and keep at uh, uh, a usable level, right? Because I could go off on a lot of theories, but I'm, I'm, what I really like is for people to be able to use information. Yeah. So karma, the word itself, comes from the system, and it simply means action, to do, in the simplest sense. So before we had the science law saying every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Before that existed, this definition of karma was understood. Right. That as soon as we are in action, and remember, before we are in action, before I speak, before I step, there's something else going on. I have thoughts. So karma actually does begin at a vibrational and thought level but it's actually when we interact with the world, the speech, the action, that we begin to see the full external ripples. Gotcha. And those ripples then ripple through time, right? And so the idea around karma is that each action taken has a ripple that will have an effect at a future time. Because it, it keeps going. It's, it's, it's sent out, what is it, uh, 
on different dimensions it's it's sent out um yes you could say that on different or it's or it's it's this basic of having this cause and effect if it is cause and effect but it's cause and effect at a vibrational spiritual level in ways that we can't see got it got it yes and the one big nugget that i love to share because it makes some people kind of nervous. What's so, what is so beautiful about Vedic astrology and my approach in particular, it is a big discussion in our community. Some people are like, everything is faded. There are some things called fixed karmas, like, hello, I have, I have a human body. And when I'm on earth, I respond to the laws of gravity, right? <laughs> I can attest to that with my broken right. leg. <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. So, yeah. yeah, so... You know, so that's kind of, you could say that's a fixed karma, right? Yes. But there's so much that is changeable. And so even if there is a quality of destiny saying, I think I'd like to go to university, like that would light up in consciousness and say, I think I'd like to be in partnership. You could say that's a form of destiny that the consciousness will begin to have a certain set of desires or a focus or a notice. Mm-hmm. Does that meet with what's externally happening? If the two are not happening, uh, if they're not happening aligned, like what I want and what appears to be happening aren't the same, or I think they're not the same, that's suffering. Yeah. Right? So when we resist what is suffering. So when we begin to understand that, oh, I'm having a subjective experience and I might be having this desire show up and oh, what's showing up externally? As simple as someone walks in the door and I was expecting a hug, but I didn't ask for it, I will have suffering if until I realize, oh, I really just want a sense of connection and eye contact was fabulous. That met that need, boom, okay? I'm going, I'm riffing a little bit here. So on a greater sense to meet karma. So a vibration from the past comes to us in a moment and the karma could be, I knock this water over. How do I react? Because it's actually my reaction that leads to the action. My reaction is what creates the karma going forward in the future. So if I meet spilled water and go, neutral oh boy yeah so it's the same like if uh if you know as in our lifetime uh, going through relationships or whatever and somebody uh cheats on you you can hold on to that and that energy that you create is is i hate that person why did they do that to me i don't trust people that men are all this or women are all that so you're Creating also that continuation of that karma to be consumed in the future. Oh yeah, don't do it. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And and it's and it's really kind of an, an imprint. Sometimes it is continues associated with an individual or a consciousness, but it's really just like regret or hate or whatever. It's just that pure energy to be consumed in the future. So when I have anger, I will consume that in the future. That's the karma. Boom. Nothing's being done to you. <laughs> you're bringing it, you're bringing it to you. And if so, also, cause we have all these different, li- how many lifetimes do you think we have on average? I mean, I'm, are we talking like a dozen? Are we talking like thousands? Thousands. 
Thousands. thousands. Hundreds of thousands or thousands? Mm, yeah, good question. Mm, oh, well, in the life of the planet itself, because, you know, it's not going to be here all the time, and it wasn't here all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would, I mean, you know, I'd have to do the math because certain time periods we live shorter, but I would, I'm riffing, but I'd say between 500 and 700,000. What? Yeah. In terms of the ages of the earth, like, you know. No wonder we're so tired. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I've done this before. <laughs> do we ever graduate or do we just keep yeah. coming back? Yeah, but guess how we graduate? Eliminating our karma? Meeting, you could say that, but here's the deal. Or creating uh, good the, karma, maybe? Well, even good or bad karma, it doesn't matter. There are still extremes. Right. Oh, look, I have good karma. Someone gave me a pretty flower. Ooh, I'm happy. I create happy receiving energy in the future, but it's actually still taking me from neutral. It's right. taking me from the center. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So even when we receive good and go, thank you, that's a wonderful flower, met, great, here's the flower, right? You can just go, great, hmm, and enjoy it because we actually, you know, like pleasure, desire and pleasure is actually one of the things we are supposed to meet. So I'm not like saying we're supposed to be all like, mm, total monks, you know, <laughs> right? Because that's actually like meeting it is part of the, the, the play of, you know, being on the planet. Of, of being in the human form. Right, yeah. because we get to touch playground. and smell and kiss and all of that. Exactly, right, yeah. right, yeah. Eating, eating incredible food, experiencing gorgeous sunsets, all of that. We are meant to experience those things. It's just what do we do with that after we've experienced it? Are we sad and feeling lacking after we've had the beautiful thing? Right. Or do we want more? Oh my gosh, you are, I could talk to you forever. We, okay, we don't have too much time left, but I wanted to let people know, first of all, you do this for your clients, right? You, you, uh, you, you can do um, their Vedic astrology and, uh, and, and their chart and work with them on very important things, but you have something very cool that is, um, is available now to people in the public, so you don't have to be with them all the time, you know, every single day, but you have something very cool. It's called the Conscious calendar um let our let our listeners and viewers know what the conscious calendar is i think this is great it's a great idea i feel so lucky because conscious calendars was blossomed out of the fact that a friend was sending me a lot of people and some of them i you know we were having a hard time meeting or whatever i'm like you know what i'm helping a ton of entrepreneurs i'm helping uh, helping a ton of people with timing in their life let's create this thing that people can interact with because one of the branches of Vedic astrology is literally what's called electional astrology or timing. So there's a time to pour a foundation to a house. There's a time that's supported for marriage. There's a time to, you know, go for your PhD. There's a time to begin things, right? There's, you want to prepare soil, want to plant seeds, and then you still have to tend the soil. So in Vedic astrology, there are certain days that have confluence for social interaction. The confluence are what I call green days. And that confluence, the concept of, of, of it is really just in general around the full moon, right? And outward energy mm -hmm. is six days before or six days after put us in the range of potential green days. And then the moon 
we want in certain of those lunar mansions I mentioned. Some of them are more harmonious for connection, creating music, having an event, different things like that, or having a really rock and board meeting, right? right. Um, you know, I had a, my cousin, when she first came across this, she was just like, oh my gosh, and she saw it was an incredible green day, and she reached out and had a board meeting, and like, boom, they made a huge decision and moved something along, you know, and, and does work with Green America, and like, boom, right, they got it all done in one day, right? On, a, on an, in a, a super supported Green Day. So it has to do with social interaction. So each person gets to consciously interact with the energy of the day again. Remember to reduce suffering. When we act in resonance with what is, there's less friction. We, we go with it, right. right, right. So Green Days aren't necessarily sit back and be passive and you know have somebody bring me candy. It's, it is a day in which social interaction. So if I'm an, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm going to send a newsletter. I'm going to do a video. I'm going to record my podcast. If I uh, am leading a team, these are great work days, right? So you could, it's also a great thing. Like if you are a speaker, if you're a motivational speaker, or a public speaker to book those uh, green days, like when you're, you know, Hey, I, I, I really would like to speak on, this day, or you can plan an event type exactly. thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And these are general, general energies. I look at the energy before sunrise around the world and choose confluent energy. So even if you were a speaker, even if it wasn't your perfect jam green day, like a hundred percent, the vast majority of people will be much more open and receptive because of the green day energy. Gotcha. Got it. Oh. And then yellow days are when the moon is with eclipse patterns, which create drama, tech issues, longer commutes, bad hair days. And <laughs> what we have to manage is our experience of it. How we so work I, within those. Right. right. So I very often laugh on yellow days because even knowing what I know, I'll walk in and the coffee shop has a mile long line or, you know, and, and so I just know not to get ruffled. So that's my managing my energy by knowing those things that I'm going to tend to bump into things or other people might be a little more bristly or I might be more bristly so I can manage my energy a little more. And then the red day is simply the lowest mental energy of the month. So they're self-care days. Self-care days. Boom. Because, because stuff on the outside world, it's just, it's like, it's, it's not necessarily a great day to, go off and quit your job and try and start something new. It's, it's a, it's a day to kind of uh, be within, would you say? They're inward days, right? They're more introverted days. So they're not days for social interaction and having impact in the world or sending ripples out. It's about see, looking inward and connecting at heart level. Oh, I love that. That this could save so many people so much frustration and <laughs> when you already know, so how do people, how do, how do they access the conscious calendars? People can get a free calendar just to go to consciouscalendars.com. And when they sign up, we send them access to the current month free plus one more month. Cause I love to be generous and let test it out. See what you think. Wow. So people can actually test it out, see how for a month, right? So they can actually see, 
um, where where they're at, if they've got stuff that they want to plan, big events and things like that. Maybe they want to get married. You want to make sure you go on a green, do it on a green day. Don't do it on a red day or yellow day because then the cake's not going to arrive and the, that aunt auntie Susan is going to get hammered, <laughs> fall exactly. into the pool. Yeah, exactly. The right. marriage could still be fine, but the wedding itself might have had yeah, to be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is great. So it's at ConsciousCalendars.com, right? Exactly. Okay. We'll make sure that we have um, all the information and the video uh, in the notes uh, of the video, but also on, on, the, on the screen and also um, links to it throughout with the podcast, the audio version as well. And if people want to, um, if they do, if they want more, if they, they love the conscious calendars, but they also want to work with you, how do they get, how do they get in touch with you? Uh, all of that access is on the site. So there's a coaching tab and there's a drop down to have a session with me and, uh, the calendars themselves. Uh, you can also click through and if people want to subscribe, then, uh, there's quarterly access. So you always get the first month free plus three months look ahead. And that's, you know, quarterly $37 and annual, the annual folk get to see a year ahead. Ah, plus other videos. I give tips for new and uh, full moon, but also again, more resonance health tips related to Chinese medicine and Ayurveda and other information that overlays all of that. So it's, it's, it's really a lot of information that you're, that you're giving people too, not just the calendars and, and all of that as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I am so happy. I'm so happy that I, that I met you and, and, and asked that big question, what the heck is Vedic astrology? Because now I know a little bit more and, um, and I'll be, I'll be definitely, and this, the, the reading, you know, on, on my chart, thank you so much because that kind of, it really solidified a lot of what, I have been going through these last 54 years, <laughs> almost 55, but that's, uh, that's next. That's what two months from now. Yeah. 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 Well, thank, thank you, you so much. Yes. Oh my goodness. You are incredible. And thank you for being so open of to course. letting us look at that and, and share this information. Well, I hope that it's uh, got a lot of people thinking and excited as well. And again, we always on out of the box with Christine always like to learn new things and expand our own consciousness so that we can actually thrive, uh, not just survive, but thrive in, uh, with her health, with, uh, with wealth and love and life in general. So you're a perfect fit and, and you're welcome back anytime. We'll, we, we'd love to have you back. Thank you so much. Thank and as you. I said, you are absolutely incredible. I love your fire. Thank you, darling. So uh, folks, check out the, the great work that Kathleen Whalen has done. You can find out more information on her, book a session with her, or get the Conscious Calendar. She's giving you a month free, uh, so you have nothing to lose. It's ConsciousCalendars.com. All that information will be here. And I want to thank you again, Kathleen. Thank you, wonderful listeners and viewers, for tuning in again to Out of the Box with Christine if you want to find out more about this podcast, more about the work that I do, you can go to outoftheboxwithchristine.com or you can go to christineblosdale.com and see all of the stuff. If, if I can help you in any situation, uh, please let me know. Doing some speaking stuff and uh, all kinds of great things that are getting lined up now for 2020, which I'm really excited about. It's going to be a big, big year. And uh, 
Thank you again so much, Kathleen. And until next time, folks, remember to always think outside of that damn box. Bye for now.